0: And now,
1: weighing in, out of the blue
0: corner, Josh, the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic,
1: he weighs in,
2: in.
0: from the red corner, Big Sean McCarthy. Nice. Josh, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say the number's 189? 189, what is it? I just started freezing up, like, thinking math, but oh, I know it's not Oh, my that. God, come <laughs> on. Not only is it the... Actual number of the UFC that had one of the world's greatest fights between Robbie Lawler and Rory McDonald. It is episode 189 of the Weighing In podcast. You should know that. We are back to talk about the fights that are going to be coming up. Some of the news. It's our midweek edition. Are you prepared to do battle with the brain? The brain? I don't... Where? Who? That's what? you. I was calling you the brain. <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, okay. I, I, I,
1: are you prepared to do battle with the brain is what you were That's, that's what I should say. have I said, yeah. It didn't come out right. Yeah. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel as well as all of our audio platforms on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. Those are our two major ones, iTunes and Spotify. Make sure you guys click that subscribe button there. You guys can listen to us in traffic and in the car, wherever you guys would like. Wherever you desire to listen to us, okay. So let's uh, go ahead and move on to this thing. And this is the this is the podcast where we talk, and I'm always right. John's normally wrong, oh. and and you guys just learn to deal with it. And that's how this whole thing works. Because I
0: hold why are they having to deal with you supposedly because, being always right, and I'm well, supposedly it's, always it's wrong? It's hard
1: for people to understand that majority of the time I'm right. Majority. What do you consider a majority, a
0: majority? A majority. like 1% or 2%? That could be more than
1: your percentage. You <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to talk about the show this week. I'm pumped about all the things that are coming up. And, um, yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of good things coming up.
0: A lot of good about. things coming up. A lot, of good, with a lot of good things. I'm excited with all this lot of good things. The year is ending with a bang. Yes. I mean, a whole lot of good stuff. So, it's a... Uh,
1: MMA and we're going to be we're looking good we we had a meeting today with uh, Showtime and we are going to be very busy until December it's going to be busy
0: busy busy yeah, busy 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 busy.
1: I'm pumped I'm ready I'm ready I'm excited um all right but let's get right into it let's go into the UFC UFC this weekend coming up and you've got uh Marina Rodriguez versus McKenzie Dern what a good fight it should be a good fight it sounds like it's going to be a good fight um McKinsey Dern's her, per, her but, progress. But we is, just jinxed the hell out of it. Yes, we did. 100 <laughs> percent we did. I don't know. I, I honestly I can honestly say that McKinsey Dern really hasn't been in a bad fight. I mean, she's had some dominant performances in terms of one sided and lopsided with her submissions. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, and dominating, getting the takedown and dominating those positions and then getting the submission. But overall, She's had some pretty damn good fights. She's a dog, man. She's someone who's very competitive, goes out there and gets after it. I think she always knows. She's got that jujitsu thing in the in her back pocket that just thats a big these, back
0: pocket, dude.
1: Yeah. And none you of got these got females of are, in there. are anywhere near her level that's, on the
0: ground. That's the big difference. Exactly what you're saying is she is head and shoulders above every other fighter in her division when it comes to that fight touching the ground everybody is in serious danger if they are on the ground with her where in the stand up i would tell you you know at the start of her career it was it wasn't too good it was kind of ugly yeah. at times and it was like you know she was diving for you know getting clinches diving for takedowns just trying to close that gap I, you, man I don't have a hat on but the hat comes off for Jason <laughs> Perillo because he's done an exceptional job with her but I can't just give him credit you got to give her credit cuz you know you know the work that she's had to put in to make those skills actually come alive and you know yeah she's getting good instruction but she's got to put in the work to make that happen look her standups looking good you know I'm not saying look Marina Rodriguez is a sharper striker overall but she can handle herself on the feet. And then if it hits the ground, Marina's okay on the ground, but she's not of McKenzie's level. Not even close. Not even Uh, close. As many people want to say, like there's,
1: there's when people say there's levels to this game in that jujitsu world, I've trained with some of the best jujitsu players in the, in the world, hands down. And it's just being on the mat with them, just training only jujitsu, no striking involved. You just seem lost out there. And, and I've always felt like I had I had a pretty good grappling game in terms of for, for MMA. Oh, when it came to you got a real tra- good one. Yeah, for training with them, like it just was like there was just a different level. Now when you start throwing punches, it becomes a different game. But um but yeah, but it's but she's she's made ever since she had her baby, she's made leaps and bounds oh. in terms of on the stand-up. She has gotten so much, much, so much better on the feet and her confidence is growing. In fact, she'll stand and throw now when she should be shooting for takedowns in certain occasions. Like she'll land a hard shot or she'll take a hard shot and she'll start throwing back. And I'm like, no, 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 shoot, get to the clinch. And But she has that in her. She has that grit in her. And um, and she's phenomenal. Like she's a phenomenal fighter. Marina Rodriguez is just as good in terms of she is a dog as well on the feet. And She's nasty. And she's phenomenal. She's good on she's the ground. Nasty. She's very well-rounded. She's very well-rounded all the way around. This will be, be her toughest test to date, Mackenzie Derns, for sure.
0: I, I agree with you, but it's it's one of those, you take a look and, man, like I said, Marina is, she's nasty. She's actually got a mean streak in her. She wants to, she wants to land. She, big, heavy elbows inside. She does a lot of good stuff. She better keep this thing on her, on the feet. If she doesn't, right. it can end quickly.
1: Yeah. It, it doesn't matter who you are when it hits the ground. She's going to, you're definitely going to be fighting for your life to get back to your feet or at least... Just trying to stuff the submissions, which is going to be, it's going to be really hard. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see though. Hopefully her takedown defense and her grit against the fence and ways she can try to use that MMA cage walking and those type of things to scrape her off to get her away from her. We're gonna see. But she, if she gets taken down in the open mat, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hard it's gonna be a, it's gonna be real hard for her to get she up.
0: Better hope there's not much time on the clock.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, look, I know there's some other fights in here, but I'm going to jump right to my boy Deron Wynn, and Phil Haas. This <laughs> fight has been rescheduled I don't know how many times. I want to say three times, two times, I think, now. Uh, but they're they've, they're they're going to be finally getting down. They're both, I think, in Vegas now getting ready for this fight. Look, man, I think when it, can, when it comes to the wrestling aspect of this, Phil Haas better be able to stuff some takedowns. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. And also, the last time I saw Phil Haas' fight – he had a hard time against the fence. Was it last time? Maybe it was the time before that.
0: No, time before.
1: Time before that, right? And uh, it just wasn't an impressive performance. He was pushed against the fence. held. They kind of just held each other against the fence. I can't remember who he was and when he fought. Yeah. Who he fought. But, I mean, Deron's going to get this takedown. And he's going to get this takedown uh, multiple times. Now it's a matter of whether Phil Haas can get back to his feet. So Deron got to be working on scooping those legs. You know, getting the heavy work on top throwing big dogs and just and letting it fly and just throwing the legs to the side man that's one of the things that i think he needs to start working on in terms of just chucking when you're up in the guard doing the doing the work but getting once they open the guard start throwing those legs to the side or stack passing because he's so strong he's built like a brick house, you know and so he's just got to make sure that he's able to stack pass the legs get busy on top control that top position a lot of these top level wrestlers man they just don't they don't they don't control that top position as well as you would imagine they would when it comes to the jiu-jitsu side of it. Mike Van Arsdale being one of those guys that I talked about years ago, he just he was like all over the place. You know, he just never could settle and sit them down. He was in that wrestling position just keep sitting under their hip, keep sitting on their hip but never controlling and dominating them the way they would in wrestling, which is strange to me.
0: Well, I think that there's a couple aspects to it, you know, part of it is look at uh, if you're going to say Phil Haws comes from a folk style background, where Duran Wynn came from that, and then went international. Mm-hmm. And there is a difference as far as folk style—you cannot lock your hands. Where international, you do lock your hands. You can In freestyle. You can lock your hands because you're going to turn. You're going to try to turn your opponent. But that locking of the hands is once they get them locked, they don't want to unlock them, and that kind of carries over into MMA because. I've got you, but then I've got to unlock it to do strikes. And I don't want to do that because I could lose my position and they're in a quandary. And it takes a while for them to figure out how do I make this work for me. I think Duran's in that position now. Look, he's a he's a better wrestler than Phil Haas, obviously. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. But Phil has really, and you take a look at Phil's record, he's got a lot of wins in a row now. You know, a couple of them you were talking I think it was uh I I'm a Vov was it was not an impressive performance he got a majority decision on it and then he fought yeah. Dacus who just had the fight with Holland and in that yeah. one he got a unanimous decision victory but the first round you know it was Dacus was putting it on him and then he fought through it and he came on and he did a good job so he's been showing that he's improving and the real problem for Duran is Phil Haas has got better hands than him so he better get this thing to the ground so he takes Haas out of that yeah. position of being able to land that
1: yeah, and I think also too because Duran he does throw everything with a lot of power, and there's a lot of strength and and conditioning that goes into the wrestling aspect of holding someone down or getting them down originally, and so he's got to make sure he's in phenomenal shape. I have no I have no doubts that Duran's the better wrestler. It's just a matter of oh. whether he's gonna if he's gonna fight a smart fight, control the positioning, make Phil Hals work hard to get back to his feet. Don't just let him get back up and just take him back down. Duran doesn't have that Khabib style cardio to keep taking him down, taking him down 19 times in one fight, you know? And so he's got to make sure that he takes him down, controls him, pushes on the head, keeps his head planted to the mat, just getting dirty on him, grinding the elbows in his face and making him want to get up and work to get up and explode out of those positions to where he's just wasting energy. So if Duran can do that, I think he's going to have a great, a, a good, a good night and have a successful night. So it'll really just come down to that. What other fights on this card? I mean, look, this is a relatively unknown card. Like a lot of these, a lot of these fighters are fighters that, uh, like, to be. I'm mean, going to be honest,ly I'm not 100 percent familiar with a lot of them. You know, um, I know obviously I know who Brandi Brown is, I know who Jared Gooden is, I know who Tim Elliott is. Um, Tim Elliott against Nicolao
0: is that was, that's a good fight. Yes. First off, yes, I, I, I'll, I'll watch Tim Elliott fight anytime. The yep. guy is just he's a he's a doer. He's a guy that just he's got an engine and he goes. Sometimes. He takes too many shots. It kills me to watch. Sometimes his toughness overdoes his common sense at times, but goddamn, he's fun to watch. He's, he's just a, a great fighter to watch. But I'll tell you what, the one that's on the main card that I think is going to actually be a pretty good fight is Agapova versus Mazzo. Ah, yeah. Sabina yeah, yeah, Mazzo, you know, she's super good in the stand-up. And she's been learning the ground more and more and more. But you know, she works out with Cyborg and everything now, and she's getting much better. So that's a really good fight between those two. I think that's going to be that's one that you could watch, and you either one could win, which makes it you think should be good. Hopefully, they don't they don't cancel each other out. But I think that's going to be a, a a really good fight.
1: Yeah, uh, Agapova is long, lanky, as I like to say,
0: and she, so uh, is Mazo.
1: Yes, yes, but Agapova has this tendency to like blow her wad. Yes, only she thing. does. She lets she lets it all go early. She yeah. tries to get her out of there, and then she tends to slow down as the fight goes on. When she f- exploded onto the scene, I was like, "Damn, you're you're fun to watch. I can't wait she to watch happy. more of your fights." And then her next fight, she laid an egg, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> geez, man," because I she just. She Just when I was climbing hard.
0: on the bandwagon,
1: yeah, I was I was on that band. I was like one foot up, getting ready to jump up in there, and then shit, I was like, damn, I'm off. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't off. I wasn't off. I still, yeah. I still, she still sparks my interest every time I see her on the card. So hopefully, she has a good night and a good fight. Uh, what other fights on
0: here, John? I, th- I, you know, there's the heavyweight fight I know between uh, Romanoff and uh, I always say it wrong, but it's Van Banderea. Okay, that's. Romanoff is strong, powerful. He hasn't been beaten yet, man. He's tough. So that's gonna be a really good fight. I, I really like Vanderea, but Romanoff is a just a he's a juggernaut. I I remember watching Charles Rosa
1: fight. He's fun as well. He's so, a good all around fighter, a lot of yeah.
0: technique. He's you know, not the guy that you can go and you know, always been with ATT for you know, I think his entire career came out of Boston, but you know, he was trained at ATT for a long time. Just a he's a gamer. He's a he's a junkyard dog. Keeps on coming, yeah. doesn't stop.
1: He's a good looking as I recall. Yeah, he is a good looking kid.
0: Blue collar worker.
1: So, yeah, yeah. good Who, what do you know about Damon Jackson though?
0: I don't know anything about him. Uh he's super long. Tall, lanky if you want to talk about a guy that He's uh, pro- probably six foot tall at about 145 pounds. So yeah, five eleven. He's says, yeah. He's got uh, he's got some submission game. He's he uses you know the Darce choke and things like that. Well, it's a good it's a good matchup. It's I I look at it and I think if it ends quick, I think Jackson is the one that gets it. If it goes the distance, I think Rose is the guy that gets it. So got we'll it. see.
1: Yeah, Damon like was brought Wilson in fight:
0: yeah, Damon was brought in on a last minute uh moment fight, and he did a good job and uh you know he's been back and so he's he's a tough dude
1: Good stuff. All right. Well, I mean, realistically, I mean, we're going to wrap this this UFC card up. And like I said, it's it's one of those cards. We say this all the time. There's maybe not a lot of, a lot of name value, but you guys should probably still tune in and watch because that's when some of the best fights happen. You have two fighters that are really jockeying for position and trying to get Dana White and Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard's attention. They're like, hey, I, I need this. I need this win. Don't get me wrong. Every fighter needs wants the win. Every and needs the every, win.
0: every fighter needs every win. A, a,
1: Every fighter needs every win. We understand that, but this is one of those fights where they're not being overshadowed by the next biggest name that's on the card. This is where everyone is there to earn their keep, and this is this this is those opportunities where you sometimes get some of the best fights. So, in terms of a, of, a, of a night where the biggest name on this card right here is is Mackenzie Dern, you know, and yeah. Marina Rodriguez, those are the two biggest names, and they they should be the main event. But I'm saying, like, when you go through the card. You really don't know any of them. Like you know of them, you've heard of them, and you probably have seen them fight once, maybe twice. You know, and some of you guys are probably struggling to remember who they are and what they and who you watch them fight. But they're good. But all of them are obviously good fighters. So it's just one of those cards. You guys got to make sure you tune in and watch because it's gonna be it's gonna be a good night of fights.
0: Dave, what is uh, Marina Rodriguez ranked with the UFC? Because isn't McKenzie somewhere around five? Let's check it out yes So she is at flyweight, or.
3: Strawweight, I think that's gonna be flyweight
1: 15, right?
3: Um, Marina Rodriguez is six and Mackenzie Downs four.
1: Wow, oh, it is. okay, should be good though. I think it'll be a good fight. Didn't Mackenzie beat uh Nina Nunes um her last fight? who did Mackenzie beat her last fight?
3: Mm. Let's pull that up here. So she beat Nina Nunes. Yep,
1: yeah, Nina Nunes. That's what I thought. Gosh, man! See, there's a little bit of brain still left. In Ooh, there. look at you, man! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. I did I my microdose yesterday. That's why. Oh, that's good. <laughs> got the <some laughs> mushrooms working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them psilocybin's are working just great. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's. Uh, what else you got for us? Are we gonna move on? What else is next, Dave? Yep, yep.
3: Uh, so since we all right talked for some news, talked about some small cards, let's talk about a big fate. The Dustin Poirier says is signed, sealed, and delivered, and then his coaches come out and all that, and pretty much confirmed that it's booked for UFC two sixty nine in December. So um, this fight is confirmed in Las Vegas,
1: December eleventh in Las Vegas. Interesting, as it should be at T Mobile, like, huh?
0: T Mobile, oh, like the... this. This is a fight that it needs to be done. And this is where you know you were talking about now. Go back after that money and stuff. He needs the title. He needs to go after the title. I'm not saying it's going to be an easy fight, but yeah, no, he does, because he's setting you know? himself up. <laughs> Dude, he's already got the money fights. Yeah, look, There's look, nothing guys, there.
1: Nothing. I like, to, I like to, I like to poke a lot of fun, John. I like to jab at you, and I like to go out there and just stir the pot. The reality is, yeah, he does, He needs to fight for the title. I thought I thought he should have fought for the title the second uh, instead of fighting Connor the second time. I thought he should have fought for the title. And I'm not against him fighting Connor the second the third time, I should have said. I was I wanted him to do that because he just beat him. He actually just TKO'd him and I was thinking to myself, Connor's not going to get better between now and your guys' next fight. So I get you going out there and fighting him again, but for the because you already felt what he felt like that time versus the first time you fought him. I, I understood why he did it for the money, but I thought, sure. man, do it for the title. Let Connor come get it for the title, because then there's a bigger stake. At, there's something bigger at stake, you know. And here's the thing: I know everyone's looking at him as if he's the one, pretty much to for him, he's the one to beat. There, I think a lot of people are overlooking Charles Oliveira.
0: Yeah, they're looking at Charles Oliveira.
1: That. They're looking at him as if like, okay, he has the title while Dustin was fighting Connor for for money. I hope Dustin doesn't overlook him because he's the guy. Charles right now is just right I, now. He's on he he's on a different level. I don't see not too much for he's not too they're they're even right now, the two of them, but they're just different stylistically. They're total. if this if if this fight hits the ground, I could see Charles getting the tap. I could see him getting the submission. I could see him dominating that top position, you know, in the in the in jiu-jitsu if he gets him down. Um, he's got to be careful on the feet though with Dustin. Dustin got power, Southpaw stance, punches come from different angles. The way you're used to ducking and and moving and all those things, they're not the same. And so to say that you can prepare for it and have it and, and spar with the Southpaw all the time, it's not true. And so this this, this is gonna be this is gonna be a great fight. I'm pumped for this fight. I've been looking forward to this fight. I wanted this fight to happen before the third Connor fight. It it was it's it's, it's I'm glad it's happening.
0: Like you said that you know. They both have their strong suits. Look at Dustin's a black belt in Jiu-Jitsu, but Oliveira is at a different level when it comes to the submission game and being able yeah. to pull off submissions and his transitions to those submissions. It's just better. You got to be honest and you got to look and say, you know, strength wise, that's got to go into Charles Oliveira's corner. Not that Dustin can't defend himself. Not that Dustin couldn't pull off a submission himself. He can just depends on the situation in the fight. But the guy, if you're going to say who's got the better skill set on the ground, it's got to be Olivero. On the feet, you look, and you, it's very close. But the I think the power goes to Dustin. I think Absolutely. he's got more power than Olivera. And the one thing that I definitely know that Dustin have is, especially in this, you know, the last five years of his career right now, the durability of yeah. Dustin Poirier. Charles is that he's that fine, you know. He's that thoroughbred, you know, race horse. He's the, you know, the Ferrari race car, but he doesn't take damage that well. It starts to affect him in the fight. Where Dustin just, just bring it, and he just keeps coming. And so, you know, if you're looking at a game plan, you know, hey, you, if you're Dustin, you're talking about I'm going to get in his face and I'm going to make him fight a dirty, nasty, gritty fight and just break him down. If you're Oliveira, you want to keep him to outside. You get on top, get on top of the takedown, look for the submission and stuff. But these guys match up so well. And and you can take nothing away from the champ in Oliveira. He's deserved that title. He's been on an incredible win streak. He's done everything that you can ask. He holds the submission record in the UFC. The guy is remarkable. The other guy that's remarkable is Dustin Poirier. So it's awesome that they're going to fight.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a good fight. Um I would have to agree with you. You know, Charles got the the advantage on the on the ground, but it's not to say that Dustin can't defend himself as well as yeah. mount offense as well. Um and then on the feet, I give the power to Dustin. Um the slickness of the stand up I would give to Charles yeah, in terms he's of slicker. using the push kick, using the push kick, keeping his boxing tighter. Um against the fence, that dirty grimy fighting, I'd give it to Dustin because we saw that against Hooker. No doubt. Um if Charles Oliveira's back gets to the fence, he's in trouble, you know, cuz Dustin's going to let the hands go. It's going it's going to be a good fight though. I give the wrestling advantage, I'd give it to to Oliveira as well because the wrestling can turn into any type of submission attack whether jumping to the back if he gets to if he turns the corner on him or drop into an ankle lock or any of those things can can benefit him. So uh it's going to be a great fight in terms of how they match up. Like they have different ways to win the fight, which makes it a fun matchup.
0: And the best part is both of them right now. You've never seen a better Charles Oliveira. And right now you've never seen a better Dustin Poirier. You, you're, you're getting them at the top of their game. Perfect.
1: Yeah. This is true. This is true. You are correct. That's what you want. to oh, Say that, though, again? John, you say that se- again.
0: Say that again. Say that again.
1: That's what you want to <laughs> see, John. <laughs> no, I saw where you were trying to uh, go with that. That's where that CTE helps. <laughs> you know, I remember those last couple of words denied thompson denied. with the denial block <laughs> <It's>, uh, <back. laughs> yeah um yeah it just, i you want to see five two top fighters fight in their peak and just because they're fighting just because they're fighting for the title it doesn't mean that they're bo- both fighting at their feet both nope. fighting at their peak because you look at you look at what we saw uh, uh what lauren murphy versus shevchenko different levels different peaks you know Lauren Murphy still needs to to gain more. She's gotten better, a lot better, but she's still not at that level of where she's at of where Shevchenko is. I don't know how I don't know I don't know a female that is. But, yeah. But we're having this conversation right now. The two of these guys are right at the peak of their game, and I want to know how Charles Oliveira's uh, damage, how much how much damage he can take, because now he is at fifty five. You know, we really haven't seen him in a whole lot of trouble. Nope. You know, at fifty five. He's no. had some good fights at 55, and he hasn't taken a whole lot of damage at 55. So he had dominant performances, to be honest, against a lot of these fighters. So this is going to be fun. It's going to be interesting to see what happens.
0: Yeah, so,
1: it's a good match. All right, what else, you, what else you got for us,
3: though, Dave? All right, speaking of good fights, uh, MVP comes out after his big fight with Douglas Lima, at Bellator 267, and says he wants the trilogy fight, but he wants it five rounds. So... Here's
0: some. uh, some So I called that the night of the fight. I said, okay, I want to see four and five because you have in that type of fight, you just need it. You know, and you know, Josh and I have talked about this a lot about, you know, it's tough on fighters to go five rounds as far as, you know, how many times you do it in your career because it can take, it can take fights off of your career. You're doing more rounds Mm -hmm. and you can accept more damage in them. And, uh, but that fight with Lima, it shouldn't it should not have ended at the th- three round mark it did need two more rounds and i hope to see in the future that bellator will look and say yep we got to make that you know a yeah. five round fight i'm not sure that that's ever going to happen but i sure would like to see it happen And um you know, i think yeah. he's right
1: I, john i i think i could see them doing it especially it going to five round fights, but especially for like number one contender spots like that's where i feel like they should do it if when you have two guys that are the best guys in that division you have the former champion you have the number 1 contender basically up the two of them together and they fought before in the semifinals of the welterweight world grand prix like there's there, there makes no sense not to have that be a five round fight especially when their fight fights. their
0: fight before was a five rounder
1: yeah you know and then now the, 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 i understand i understand yeah. <laughs> i wow. i understand i understand um no, no, no! I'm not done. I'm not done. No, you're gonna. That's gonna be in there. That's we're no, leaving that not. shit in there. Yes, it is, Dave. You better leave that in there, Dave. Dave you better leave that in there. <laughs> 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 I love that it. Was a sneeze attack. Whew. People come for the all natural Big John, oh baby. God, um, I feel you know, better. and so. Look, I could see them eventually going that route. I don't know when or if it does ever happen, but I, I could see them doing it based off of a lot of the backlash we got from the fact that this wasn't three rounds.
0: Yeah, I mean there was a out. lot.
1: Of, yeah, there was a lot of fans that spoke out. There was a lot of uh, criticism that because it, it was a number one contender spot. People do listen to our podcast, and they were retweeting what we were saying about it being, you know, a five round fight because it was for the num- for the to title number one contender spot to fight for the title next. And so that being said, I could see potentially that happening. I don't know if it is and when it will, but I could see it happening.
0: Yeah, I hope it does. But I think yeah. if you asked, if you asked MVP, and you know, since he got the nod in the uh, in the three rounder, I think he would uh, rather fight Amazov before he fights Lima
1: again. Yeah, I mean it would make sense. I would fight sure. for the title, and then and I guess the other thing as well, if he loses to Amazoff. And Lima gets a win in between now and then, then you have the two of them fight again to see if it depends on how well Lima does against Amosov. You know, if he does well, he's able to, you know, drop him or do anything to him. But no one's been able to do shit to him. He's been untouched. <laughs> the, the
0: Logan Storley was getting his in the third round. In yeah, the third he was. round. I, you're, right, the third you're right. You're
1: right. I take that back. I take that okay. back. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, John, you're right. A
1: little bit Ooh. today. One, I think you're one percent right so far. You're one percent. The one percent. It's very rare you'll get to two percent, but I'll hold you. I'll hold you there. One percent right. right so far. Let's go, Dave. Um, next. Yeah, we'll see you next. All
3: right. Uh, next piece of news. So a bit more tragic. Um, we had news come out this week that Justin Thornton from BKFC died after rematching um, uh, Dylan Kleckler uh, in the BKFC fight from August.
0: Yeah, that that's a it's a bad situation that happened in August uh, near the end of August. Was it August 20th? And, uh, was not a long fight. It was not, you know, a lot of times when you watch, uh, fights and you'll see guys that end up passing based upon the fight. I'm not saying there wasn't the fight. It was the way he fell Mm -hmm. because he got paralyzed. He got, he got, you know, hit with a shot. It knocked him out and he was falling face forward and his head actually hit the, canvas and you can think of like you know, you know when people dive into the the ocean and they hit a sandbar there and mm. their neck gets kind of cracked he was paralyzed after this and that's where a lot of his uh, problems came from and they put him on a ventilator and eventually it was pneumonia that took his life but it was from that fall that really caused the uh all of the trauma of what happened not so much yeah the punch definitely hurt you know it knocked him out that's why he's going face it turned him and he's going face forward but he wasn't able to stop the fall and all that weight and being a bigger guy and forehead hits it doesn't take much to pinch that spinal cord so uh, it's tragic and, and i'm sorry sorry that it happened man sorry that we we have this in combat sports but it is one yeah. of the realities of any combat sport
1: the reality is this though like i want fans at home and i want people if you guys are listening this is that this is not a sport that you play and so when we talk like we have these conversations john about you know someone who is not feeling like they want to fight anymore get out you know i i i I speak very frankly to everyone that's listening to us i say hey I, i talk about the tony ferguson fight all the time because leading up to that fight, I felt like, okay, I still like to train. I still like to be part of the sport. I still like to be in the locker room with the guys. I don't mind the training, you know, but then after the fight, the damage in the fight, like I said, I left part of me in that, in that cage and then moving on training wasn't as fun. I just felt like it wasn't the same. And then, you know, and so like if it's, if you're not feeling it, then don't do it. Now, maybe he was feeling it. he loved training, maybe all these things, but you hit a certain age though, too. And you got to start thinking to yourself, it's time to call it quits. You know that, and and I'm just being honest that 37, 38, 39 years old is kind of that stage of like, look, you know, you're not the guy. You know, you're not the guy that you used to be. You know, you're not the competitor you used to be. Your speed's not there. I'm sure, maybe the power might still be there, but if you can't land the punch, then the power's are not effective. You know, and if the wrestling takedown and the strength and all those things, because your strength starts to fade as well at 37, 38, because you're getting older, the muscle strength isn't there, the tendon strength isn't there. And so, those are things you notice when you train with younger guys that are 25, 26, and they've got that f- full body, full of testosterone, <laughs> you know? And you don't have that anymore. Yours is just full of They've fucking got that
0: TRT free body that just yeah, keeps on pumping.
1: The all natural TRT, all natural, Like That you yeah, just, just tearing you up, man. And so I don't know. And look at, if you look at his fight stats and where he was, I mean, scroll down a little bit more there. We had four losses in a row, five losses in a row, keep going. So we had, he had five losses and then he had two wins and he had four he had another two losses, then one win and then five losses well, in a row again. Yeah. Like you start getting into that bracket as a matchmaker, you got to start looking out for people's health as well. Well, so and that's a
0: little bit. That's part of the whole thing is you got to look at this and you got to say, all right, you know, bare knuckle boxing is a, is a fairly new sport, even though it's an old sport, but it, you know, here in. You know, the States, it's new as far as this promotion and everything that's going on. But they're getting a lot of guys that are old. A lot of older fighters and a lot of fighters that just don't have good fight records. And they're putting them in here and it's like, why are you putting that guy in there? Because he'll sign the contract? You know, like you're saying, you've got to, at, at a certain point, the promoter has got to assume the responsibility of who he's putting on that card. You know, you've got to, and it's, uh, when you're putting people on that have showed that in their last, you know, five fights, they don't have any wins. And now you're taking and putting them into another sport and expecting them to do well. No, you're not expecting them to do well. You're, you're expecting them to hopefully be a highlight and that's never a good situation to be in. And it's wrong if you're the promoter wanting it because it's, it just goes against what you know the sporting aspect and like you said man, you you play baseball and you know you play football and football's got a lot of contact to it but it ain't fighting no this is there's no playing in any fighting aspect boxing doesn't you are not playing kickboxing you are not playing MMA bare knuckle boxing it is a fight and there's too many times that people have lost their lives in that ring or cage and it's happened you know Fortunately, a lot less in the cage, but man, it, uh, it is a serious business.
1: Yeah, he fought Friddle, and it was a nine-second fight. And then he, the fight before that, he fought Austin Lane, and it was a minute 39 fight. TKO and then KO, which means to me, it just tells me that maybe he didn't let his brain heal enough between the two fights. You know, if you look at one was in March of 2018 and the next one was in November of 20 or the first one was in November of 2017 and then March, which is what, six months later, five months later, he's back in there again, four months. months. There you go. Math again. All right. So you're, you're, (laughs) you're in there, you know, you've got, you've got four, you know, four months later, you're back in there fighting again. It's not, you need to give your brain time to heal. That's one thing that I'm looking at right now. Look, um, who was it? Uh, look, Calvin Cater hasn't come back and fought yet since the no, Max not Holloway. Since, fight. Not
0: since his loss to Max. Smart, which is good.
1: Yep. Taking time, hopefully not training too hard, letting his brain heal, just refocusing. You know, and then look at uh, Brian Ortega. He took all that time off after the Max fight. You know, to reinvent himself. You know, get that's back what on Holloway track. Max Holloway can do to you. You know, and <laughs> so that's two guys. Two guys have done went out there and done that. And there was another person as well, I believe. I can't remember who it was, but somebody else did it as well. They took a lot of time off after their loss. It's smart. You got to take that time and let your brain heal. Let, take that time to not reinvent yourself, but get your confidence back in into the gym, training with the guys that you were training with, getting back on track, and and just kind of changing your game a little bit. Because obviously what was working for you before, people now have figured out the riddle. You know, And just because one opponent did doesn't mean the next one will. But they're going to catch on to that. They're going to stick and that's how it all happens, John. You and John, you and I have had this conversation. Once one person figures out how to beat you, your confidence is no longer that level of saying, well, I can do all the things that I was doing before. No, it's not. Your confidence is not there anymore as much as it was before you lost. And then all those other fighters, their confidence now skyrockets up thinking they can beat you the same way. And then they believe in it and you don't. And that's how it becomes a snowball effect.
0: Yeah. You, so, well, there's a there's a blueprint that is now out there for everyone to yeah. watch and how to beat you. So I, I follow that blueprint leads me to my victory. Just yeah. bad, you know. It's tough. That's why you're always and I tell fighters all the time: when you stop learning, stop fighting. You've got to always be continually getting better with more techniques, doing things in a different fashion. That will keep you ahead of the curve. When you stop learning, and you, you go in the gym and you're you know you're hitting mitts and i roll a little bit i i don't i don't really listen to anyone i know what i'm doing you're making a huge mistake <laughs> yeah Gotta got to be you. learning all right guys i want to
1: thank one of our biggest sponsors mybookie.ag use the promo code wayne in with all the sports that are coming available right now we got football starting got basketball coming to coming to about also make sure you guys use that promo code wayne in they'll give you a little extra spending cash with your first initial deposit don't miss out on this. Use mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne in to get that little extra. You also use that code right there if you guys can, and that will actually take you right to getting that extra cash. mybookie.ag. Use the promo code WAYNEIN. Uh, next topic um, is on the
3: whole Aspen lad situation. So, Misha Tate came out on Twitter and <laughs> basically accused Aspen of uh, cheating on the scale. <laughs> um and then you know Aspen obviously pulled out of the fight. She was um she missed weight. She was she she said that uh, I take full responsibility for not making weight. It's well documented. I had issues with weight cuts in the past. Um and then what did she blame on? I basically blamed it on her period. And then um uh Michelle was saying that she tried to cheat on the scale because she was wearing clothes. Um and then uh, Aspen's coach came out and said. Uh, it's also Misha her boyfriend,
1: dumb... correct? It's her coach yeah. and her boyfriend. Yep.
3: Yeah. Um, came out and called Misha a dumb fuck and said she weighed in <laughs> with damp sweats, shorts, socks, sweats, um, which was which weighed four pounds itself, and then taking that off, she would have been one thirty seven, which obviously is only a pound over versus the 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 higher weight. And then she said, "Please explain that magic." And then Jim continued on and <laughs> said, um, basically, um, you know. Try doing this yourself. Uh, you better hope you never fight
0: Aspen and then me. Try doing work? this yourself. She's done it how many times? Jesus. Well, <laughs> try dealing with that. Uh, think- oh, no, 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 no. What do you mean? Try dealing with a period and fighting? You don't think she's done that? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, you know, okay. And uh, this has nothing to do with Aspen or any. But you got to figure out if she stepped on a scale wearing sweats and and. Coach Jim West is saying that they were wet sweats and stuff. You don't weigh in with sweats. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You you know, you've got a weight to make and stuff. And just because someone, you know, says a story doesn't mean the story actually adds up. I I look at it this way. And Misha can sit there and say whatever she wants as far as she thinks she was cheating. Okay. But if she was trying to, I understand it. That's her job was to try to make weight. and If that was the way she was going to make it. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. You know they didn't they didn't allow it to happen, which is the right thing to, you know, have occur in during that weigh-in. So very nice job by the Nevada State Athletic Commission and the people that are there to watch and make sure that she's not allowed to cheat because it doesn't take much to cheat. It doesn't take much yeah. pressure on <clears throat> you putting a hand on a towel or any of those things or dragging your hands on them. That's why they're telling you to put your hands up so they can see him so it makes sense you know that she's trying to do that and they're not allowing it hey you know i i I don't i don't put that much on the fact that she missed weight uh at 137 a pound off it's a miss but if you're uh you know a woman at certain times what are you going to do you're going to retain water and that that's just it's just it makes it, you know, more difficult than the men have it. It really does. This is what I don't get: is Aspen came
1: out and had a and had written a response to Misha, and it was a classy response. And then her coach slash boyfriend comes out and writes something totally just fucking stupid, like <laughs> Go let on the, on the fighter. Defense. Yeah, like, let the fighter be the fighter, man. Like, I get it. You're trying to be defensive. Well, guess what? Misha Tate's boyfriend is also a fighter. Why don't the two of you guys just fucking lock up and do it then? Because <laughs> I got to tell you, I'll tell you right now, if Misha was my girl and you said you called her a dumb fuck, next time I see you, I'm going to slap in the shit out of your fucking mouth. Like, it, like, that's really what it comes down to. The two females can eventually fight. If Aspen ever makes weight, the two of them can fight. Because yeah. what weight class are going to fight in, Mr. West, Jim West? Your, your girl doesn't make weight. So we're not fighting at one thirty-five, that's for sure. So you know what I mean? Like that's how that's how this whole conversation could go. I just I thought I found it like classless. Like it's one of those people can agree with me, the people are not. But like just stay out of it. If you're a coach, I get it. You're you're her girl, boyfriend or whatever. But just stay out of it, man. Like it's not it's not really your business. I, I always we had this conversation with. I've had this conversation several times. Bob Cook never got involved in anything that I said on social media. Thank God. But but Javier didn't either. And the one time that he did get on social media or do an interview about anything it was with the Josh Koschik thing and it blew up in his face, you know and they had that big argument and it was a big deal and then Josh ended up leaving the gym. Oh remember this that. is why this is why because th- things like this, it never works out for the person intervening. like I've always said this: if you have a girlfriend or if you have a boyfriend and you talk shit to them like to your you talk shit about them to your family, don't expect that boyfriend to be around very long because anytime something goes wrong, all that family's going to do is just fucking look at them negatively. Even when things are right, they're still going to think they're pieces of shit. And that's exactly like, this is kind of that feel of like, look, Aspen lad might be your girl right now, but eventually you're going to piss her off. And she's going to look at you negatively. People talking shit about her on social on him, about him on social media. It's just going to turn into that. Like, Oh, remember that one time he butt his nose into your business and just stay out of it. Be her coach, be her, be her boyfriend on the side it just—it's not worth it, man. She said her piece in a re- very respectful way, by the way, to Misha. Yeah. And, and 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 look, and I'm not sticking up for Misha all the, either. She had her two cents and put it in there, and I thought it was—I thought it should have been like just—you have other things to worry about. Let it go. Like you've got—you've got your fights coming up too, so just worry about that. But I mean, maybe there's previous beef that we don't know about. I just—I just don't—I just don't, don't like—I don't like that. Keep just be her girlfriend or be her boyfriend and be her coach. It was it was done classless. That's all. Yep. that was a nice little rant by Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, next, the next Dave. story.
3: Um, Kevin Holland and Kyle Dalcus will fight in the rematch on November thirteenth. So it's been announced already that they're going to rematch after the head clash that ended the the last fight. Perfect. perfect.
0: Perfect. Good. That's exactly Good. what should have happened. It's the way it's supposed to be. And that way we'll see a real fight with real results hopefully and uh it's uh, i he, the one thing i want to say is you gotta really love kevin holland you know i don't know if you heard his statements after the fight but he mm. said he goes no 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 you know yeah i didn't expect a no contest and i'm just gonna say it straight out doc is choked my ass out he goes he says, you know he, he deserves the win and Ugh. you know no that's okay he's he's being he's being honest he's looking at like, hey, you know, yeah, yeah, the head clash, you know, that that caused me a problem, but I should have got my way out, and you know, and he won. Okay, no, it's it's all good because at least he's not crying. All yeah, right? and this is you know, this is that whole thing again. we, you know, we had you know, man, we've had people uh, in recent fights who have you know, you know, the fight gets called, it's a no contest, and then you have one fighter trying to say no. I should get the win. I I need people to understand this. Name me the sport, other than boxing and MMA, really, where you can have a violation of a rule and they hand the game over to the opposition. So you get a pass interference in football. No, we're not going to just move the ball. We're just going to say, okay, it's over. They win. All right. Or, you know, it's just, it's crazy. You get someone that balks in baseball and there's nobody on base. Yeah, you get to round the bases. Okay, it's crazy. A disqualification win should take place when a fighter makes egregious actions in the fight that show they have no regard for the rules of the sport, things that are not commonplace fouls. Now, I'm not saying that you can, can't can have it where you have multiple acts of the same foul that could lead you to a disqualification. But it's never going to be the first time it happens. That's fucking ludicrous.
1: I'm done. Okay. <laughs> I had mine. You just had yours. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um. No, I mean, the reason why I say that is because I had a couple people say like, oh, well, he still kept fighting and and he still got choked out. He's not the same fighter. No, he's he's diminished. Let me let me me knock knock you down. Let me knock you out, and then like shake you a little bit, see where you wake up, and let me see how well you defend anything I do to you. And that especially against someone who wasn't knocked out, like that person's. I'm just gonna knock you out. I'm gonna shake you a little bit. Okay, are you ready? And I'm just gonna start messing you up, start hitting you a little bit. I'm gonna start choking you and and working on your neck and try and hitting arm bars and all those things. Jumping on your back, you're not gonna have much of a defense. No, and you're so to be slow. yeah, everything's gonna be a step by at least a step behind. And so because I, mean, I, I read a couple comments like, oh, well, he's still he's still defended. He still got choked out. And I'm like, yeah, cause he's not the same fighter after you get knocked out. Nope. you
0: know, and so and if he had been hit with a legal punch, people. he'd been hit with a legal yeah. punch, that same action takes place. That's what Kyle Dawkins is supposed to do is hurt him that way, mm-hmm. so you get that submission. Great. Great job. yeah, but you can't give you know that win to someone when what actually put the fighter into a compromised position was an illegal act, obviously unintentional by both guys, but it was an illegal blow. You can't put him in that position. Yeah.
1: I mean, on a positive note, though, outside of the fight, did you hear about Kevin Holland today? I guess apparently apprehended somebody who was running, for, who stole the car, was running from the cops. He chased him down in his car. Then chased him down on foot, caught him. I guess apparently he swept the leg, is what he said in the. And then gift wrapped. Got <laughs> and then gift wrapped. And if you guys know what a gift wrapped is, basically like hold one arm, both arms, or, or arms like this around his neck. If you guys are watching us on YouTube, it looks like this. Yep. And just kind of like held him tight until the cops got there. And hey, he's a good That's guy, good. man. He's a good yeah. guy. He's fun to watch fight. He's a good guy. He's got a lot of energy. He's got a lot of personality and. And uh how can you not like the guy? Nah, I'll be a, big a fan, mouth, I'll be a
0: fan for his entire career. Yeah, big well, let me ask you this. big mouth. Nothing wrong with being you... a big mouth at times.
3: Do you call it um do you call it Holland Dawkaus two? Or do you st- is it just number one because the first one was a no contest? Still two. No, it's two. It's still two?
0: Yeah. First hmm. one was a no yeah, contest. That's usually what
1: happens after you have one, Dave. See,
0: I thought <laughs> I was bad at math. Yeah, but yes. no contest means it doesn't happen,
1: right? <laughs>
0: no, it did uh, happen. No, no contest means that there's no decision in the fight. All right, all right. Yeah, if, if all the right. guy
1: didn't if someone didn't make weight and the fight didn't happen, you'd probably still just call it one. Yes. But once they step in the cage and they throw punches yeah. at each other, that's
0: part two. That's it. Yep. <laughs> okay.
3: Next right. next story. BJ Penn announces that he is running for governor of Hawaii. Governor!
0: We've governor got BJ governor Penn. Penn. I, I love, love it. it. I'm down man. I'm down. Yeah, it's not a good idea. Wow. I John's love people. No, look, okay, hold on. I I would vote for BJ cuz I love him. All right, but and this is just the truth. You know, and I don't care what level it is and when you're talking about governor, you're talking about high-level <laughs> politics and politics is a nasty occupation with nasty people who do it and they're going to try to eat BJ up. And I just don't yeah. want to see that, yeah. I mean,
1: here's the thing though, is that no, I don't really I don't believe anyone loves Hawaii as much as he loves Hawaii. and, no, and I, I agree. And I also believe that outside of and look, people can say what they want about his past and his history in in troubles and re, especially in recent times. But when you look at his mom is is a very it plays a very strong part in the political parties there, it, but on the big island and she, there is a lot of connections on she will help guide him kind of i believe in the directions that he'll need to to make sure that he's successful his family is very much has always surrounded him and been part of him and his growth and whatever it is he owns i want to say 5 ufc gyms he owns yep. his own bj pen gym in the big island which will eventually i believe turn into a ufc gym here shortly he is he owns several other businesses throughout all the islands, and then his his mom and dad are huge into the real estate market in terms of across all islands. Yep. Um, There's no doubt they have influence. I don't know what kind of influence that they would have in terms of getting him elected. If people can look past what his recent issues have been in terms of now that he's on track and he has been on track as of the last year and a half or so, I, I don't know. I really believe he'll be a threat because I, I really believe this. Hawaiians are just sick of what's going on over there right now. I mean, I have Shouldn't friends over be? there right now. Yes, they should. Shouldn't be. they be? I have, yeah. I have friends. And I'm not trying to get too political right now. I have friends that are that are from the mainland that are traveling there right now. When the governor has made it very clear, don't come here. But guess what? People are going there because the airline tickets are so cheap. You can buy a round trip ticket for like 180 bucks or 210 dollars round trip. You fly your whole family there for less than 600 bucks, 500 bucks. So when you comes down to it, it's like, why would people not go? And when all the when all the hotels on the on the beach there are open, but if you go to any of the other beaches that are not where the hotel strips are, you get kicked off if you're a local. And so there's issues. None of the none of the restaurants and any of that stuff are all, from what I understand, are not open that are inland from like the hotel restaurants or the hotel like in the tourist spots. And so all the small business. I actually had some friends where their kids that owned a business had to shut their business down and they couldn't afford to pay their rent or their mortgage, I should say on their place. They had to sell their place and then move to the mainland because they couldn't afford to buy another place in Hawaii itself. So now they've now their whole family had to move into California, which is another expensive place to say,
0: well, that's not good.
1: Well, they got a killing for their house, even though they're, you know, even it's like Hawaii now is so overpriced. No one can afford, even the locals can't. None of the locals can afford to buy houses there. So it's just a it's it's a crap situation to be in, and I understand why a lot of people are frustrated with that with the island itself and the in the in the party that's running that that uh, scenario there. So I don't know, it's it's uh it's rough, man. I live in California, so the shit ain't any better here. <laughs> it's a disaster here. Um, but uh, but yeah, see that you I, see, I just, that I see that color, see that color, you know what that means, Tennessee orange, that a baby. <laughs> Oh, uh, John. Uh, anyways, uh, look, obviously, I've been friends with BJ for a long time. We just had BJ on our on our show here recently. And so we had, had a lot of great discussions and great conversations about the past and the history and some of the future. This came up t- uh, yesterday. I was reading about it and I was like, look, you know, I mean, psh, I may just buy a class out there just so I can vote for him. Uh, dude, I'll, <laughs> all, I,
0: all I will tell him is just let me know what you need, man.
1: Yeah. Good luck. Good That's luck. It's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, next.
3: All right. Um, just wanted to share this little one with you guys. So this was on a little bit of a later note. Um, you know, after the Robbie Lawler, Nick Diaz fight, um, this little clip came out and uh, I'm going to try and play it for you guys. Basically just Robbie, um, checking in with Nick after the fight. Um, and when he says, are you good, man? Are you good in life? um, let's uh let's get there you know what i'm saying let me let me know if i can help you it was just just a nice moment to share after the fight Um, hold on let me see if i can get this going and this is from where espn mma yeah oh. so, you, Lot of mutual- so you, you can't you can't really hear it there hold on that's all right yeah no you can't he- you can't really hear it there but um but you have subtitles in the video anyway so got it got it you guys yeah. get it just
1: yeah it's on the espn mma uh bj Penn website you guys go to bj and uh they'll have it up there and just a nice little uh conversation between the two because robbie says are you good and then nick says all good man and then lawler says are you good in life that's fucking different let's fucking get there you know you know when you know what i'm saying let me fucking know if i can help you so you know that's that's per, I mean that but here we've known this John for the longest time. I think everyone should know. Robbie Law was a fucking great guy, absolutely phenomenal person. The, the reason why he got a little bit of a bad rap when he was younger is he never wanted the media. He never wanted any of those people in his life. Didn't like you no, know? like you know, yeah, didn't want to talk. I remember some of the media trying to talk about his parents, and he's yep. like, yeah, he, he shut that shit down real quick. He's <laughs> like, yeah, that's not what we're doing here. He straight up just said, that's not what we're doing here. I ain't doing that shit. He's like, you want to talk about the fight? Let's talk about the fight. I ain't talking about family. I ain't talking about anything else. That's not what we're doing here. And that was one of the clips that I saw from him that I still remember to this day on when I started trying to keep my life personal, keep my personal life away from the sport itself. And one of the greatest things I ever did, people still ask me like, oh, like, um, like, like how how's your parents The media will ask, are you married do you have kids i was like it's none of your fucking business like anything <laughs> that i have going on is none of your damn is i don't talk about any of my life none of it you know people i've known for years don't know shit about me you know and that's the greatest thing i ever did i know not, i
0: keep asking you these questions and you never you know, and i never them. tell you
1: john has no answer i john had john doesn't even fucking know he's been uh, present with me forever so it's been great No,
0: let's let's just look at it this way. And you've got this thing, and just like you said, Robbie, Robbie's special. He's just a good person. He has very little ego. You know, he's he he'll he'll want to prove to you that he can knock you out, but he's the one of the nicest guys. Doesn't have a whole lot to say to anybody about anything. But if you're gonna go back in time, and and understand what Robbie Lawler is as a person go back to his fight with Ben Askren and Herb Dean ends up stopping that fight. And Robbie was not unconscious and you could see when Herb stopped it and right away was like, Oh God, and knew that eh, that wasn't good. And Robbie could have been, you know, harping on him, you know, cause right away he says, Herb, I'm fine. And Herb had made the call and then he says, Hey man, it's okay. It's Okay. And he now he's trying to take care of Herb and tell him, hey, it's okay. He says, man, he says, hey, you're you're still a fantastic referee. You're a great man, and and he's trying to make her feel better. And that's who Robbie Lawler is. And so I expect nothing less from Robbie. And this whole little thing between him and Nick absolutely is exactly what I would expect from a Robbie Lawler.
1: You know, when you get to a point in your career, uh, it's hard for me to say. Like, there's there's just a sense of. Peace, yeah. That it just it just happens. I think you'll see it in a lot of these guys that have been in the game. Whether it's fighting, even in the NFL or in Major League Baseball, they just come to peace with what's going on. Like it's coming, is winding down, and they just they're just happy with the fact that they've been able to do it this long. Robbie's been doing it fucking as long as I had, and Robbie just had a fight. I'm like, God <laughs> damn! Like
0: what the it's fuck? A, well, you you call it a peace, and it it is because it's a sense of look. I've I've been there and I've done it. I don't need to prove myself anymore. Now, I still like to compete and I'm going to compete and I still like making money at it or whatever it is, but I don't need to prove myself. And that's where the peace comes in.
1: Yeah, it's amazing to see. I love it. I love seeing guys like Robbie and other guys that just come to peace with it. And it's just like you can see that they're a different person. Well, and I, you know, I,
0: like- I, also, I also love the fact that when he finally gets someone, because you could see Robbie for quite a few fights was just doing it. When he finally got someone that motivated him, take a look at what he was able to do.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he looked good. Next,
0: all right.
3: Um, Bellator announces that um, uh, Nemkov is going to take on anglikis and, and this will be in the light heavyweight tournament. Julius yeah. Anglickis. This is after yeah. the the Rumble Johnsons story.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they announced it uh, a couple weeks ago when we were the last time we were. Uh, where were we? I don't know if we. I don't know if we covered
3: the actual fight itself though. Yeah, we then, did. I think we. I think we only covered Rumble being out.
1: No, we t- we talked about his replacement.
0: Yeah. Well, real quick, let's talk about Engliszka because he he gets the spot. A lot of people were like, "Well, why does he get it?" He got it because he did have a fight with uh, Gregory Milliard that it was whoever won that was the alternate for the light heavyweight Grand Prix tournament. And he actually ended up not taking the fight that he was supposed to fight Rumble. When Yoel Romero was removed, he was supposed to fight Rumble, but it was only two weeks time between his, his fight and that fight. And he said, look, I just can't do it. I can't make the weight. And he was being honest about stuff. And, you know, we talked about it, you know, we, we thought this is your chance you go and you take that but he didn't and now when rumble had to pull out he gets put back in and he gets a shot this is a cinderella story you think about this look at look at what's happening here this is a chance of a guy who he's undefeated in bellator he was an lfa light heavyweight champion you and i both know look at the guy's got skills he's a freaking beast at 205 as far as you talk about a huge 205 pounder with zero body fat he's very basic in what he does his boxing is really good he's got good wrestling defense but this is is it this is the ones that you're looking for when this is his moment and like you you had brought up and i thought it was a perfect analogy you talked about daniel cormier coming into the strike force grand prix and getting put into the tournament and he fought bigfoot silva and he beats bigfoot silva and then he comes out and he he just smoked josh barnett and that put dc on the map and is it a possibility he's got a tough fight but there's a possibility
1: yeah what people need to understand is that he's he's big for the weight he's strong he's big he doesn't do anything too flashy and he will be there in the in the in the fourth and fifth round if this fight goes that far he'll be there And the one thing that Nemkov has been known to do is slow down as the fight goes on because he does everything with power and strength. And, you know, he's an active fighter as well. He pushes himself to try and get the finish. Nemkov does. He's active from the bottom. If he gets taken down, he's active from the top in the ground up pound, And he's very active on his feet. He tries to be light on his feet for a big guy at 205. He doesn't just stalk after you. He moves around and bounces, and so that takes a lot of energy out of 205-pounders. And Glitzkis is another guy who just, he's the stalker. He will walk you down, throw big punches, clinch you, try to use his strength. Yeah, straight punches. There's nothing sloppy really about him. He just keeps everything tight. And look at the size of his shoulders, man. I mean, if we have Dave post this picture, he's got some big-ass shoulders. He knows how to block and cover with his shoulders. He's good with his boxing. Like I said, he doesn't do a whole lot spectacular, but he's gonna. It's gonna be a good fight for him. And when you when I brought up the Daniel Cormier situation, I said this is how legends are made. Daniel Daniel Cormier now is a legend in the sport because of that one opportunity he had in that world in that heavyweight world Grand Prix. Now this is his moment, and and Julius Anglickas, this is his moment to go ahead and make make himself a legend. If he can beat Nemkov and then go on to fight Corey Anderson or Ryan, the winner of that, and get the win, people are gonna be talking about. Namcoff. People aren't going to be talking about Corey Anderson. Let me be talking about him, yep. and so this is his chance, man. This is really his chance. And then you've got this whole pool of other guys now. You've got you've got Anglicas now that got thrown into the mix, but you still have Corey and Bader, and I think Bader will probably go back to to heavyweight after this. You know, um, he fights. I feel like he fights better at heavyweight, um, with the weight there. So, um, yep. but then you've got you know you have got Rumble Johnson if he ever does make it back. This would be a great matchup. And you've got other guys that are in that mix too. So. It just adds another flavor to this, and someone that's there, so it'd be good. Yep. I'm pumped. Next, mm. here's the uh is the greatest heavyweight of all
3: time, Jake Hager, going to come back to Bellator. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Jesus hey,
0: Christ. Jake, Hager I love me some Jake Hager. I love, dude.
1: He's a like good. I guy I said,
0: he's a great guy. He's funny as hell. He, uh, he's a cheap bastard. We can all agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> He order drinks and they oh, walk away. Oh, But uh, he ordered, great guy, great guy. You
1: ordered more than a drink.
0: Oh yeah, food <laughs> and everything. Oh jeez,
3: it's a former world champion. You're supposed to treat him like royalty, okay? Royalty, on, I got it. Next world time champion. I see him, we'll,
0: we'll treat him like royalty. Do you when he, when he, when he I, when you show, show me, when he can show, all show all me a
1: belt that's worth royalty, you can let me know. <laughs>
3: it says WWE World Heavyweight oh, Champion. Jesus, there oh. you go. He's going back. Into I don't that. even know what that. What is that? you gonna in trouble with
0: some of my old
1: friends yeah <laughs> all right you got anything else for us dave
0: last one
3: um last one is just this clip i'm going to play this one for you too um just a quick little clip it's based on this whole thing has been going on recently in the media uh, you guys have touched on that a little bit already normally we don't get too into it but it just kind of did you guys see the one with um with uh, andrew schultz scenario as well where andrew schultz is basically that comedian guy is saying that he's the greatest mma journalist of all time in any okay. areas Ariel replied and said, "Hold it. I don't who, know who you are, but
0: he, this Andrew is saying he's the <laughs> greatest MMA journalist.
3: Yeah, and he's he's like he's just he's friends with Joe Rogan, he's friends with Israel Adesanya, he's kind of joking around. Um, he had Dan Hooker on his, or he was hanging out with Dan Hooker or whatever, and then um at the Apex, and then you know said he's the greatest MMA journalist. Ariel is now kind of firing back at him um on his show, and then." And then Brendan comes out with this clip today, um, so I'll play this real quick. Hold on, let me just get volume on here.
1: So Boracino Depot is the guy who put this on his uh, on his Twitter and says Brendan's message to MMA media. I, I heard it's kind of hard to read between the lines. I didn't get a chance to really listen to it fully, but I, I heard it, heard it, it doesn't. At all. Yeah, it depends on what he says, but I heard it's kind of hard to read between the lines. He's kind of obscurely saying something, but I think people can make of it what they want. So let's hear it.
2: Unless you book some big-name fighter or you have 17 fighters on your show, nobody gives a fuck about your personal opinion. So you have to somehow muster something, trying to figure it out. Because everything you've (laughs) ever done has never worked out for you. (laughs) That's how these guys operate. And it doesn't end well for any of them because they don't have any talent. Nobody's paying attention. So they have to book big guests or they have to talk shit about Joe Rogan just to get views. Because if they get on here and rant to a camera like I do for an hour, nobody listens. Because they've never walked the walk. They've never been in the fire. They're reporting on the storm. I've been in the storm. Joe Rogan hasn't been the storm, but he's witnessed more storms than anybody in the world. He's also a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He's also an inspiration to millions and millions of people. He's also made millions, hundreds of millions of dollars off of podcasts. He's an entrepreneur. These other guys work for the man because they have to. Because they don't have talent. They don't have creativity. They don't have the work ethic to hang with guys like me and Joe Rogan.
3: All right. So clearly some uh, bloody elbow jabs in there. Um, Ariel actually replied to this tweet. Um, I, I can't find it on my screen, but I've got it on my phone here. It says, okay, this is a good bit. If he's being serious, curious if MMA media is so relevant, why does he rip off all our content ideas, takes, and pass it off as his own?
1: Jeez, man.
2: I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 oh.
0: Look it. Sometimes the fucking truth hurts. And he said a whole lot of truth right there. Let's just be honest, okay? one thing that one thing that people need to understand he said one thing that's totally wrong i'm just going to say it straight out joe rogan has not seen more fights than anyone i've seen a lot more fights than joe rogan okay <laughs> <laughs> but uh i mean he's being honest when he's saying look you, you got these people that are doing all these interviews and stuff because if they don't what are they going to do You know, what are people going to listen to them as far as because they know so much about the sport or they break things down so well or what it is, you know, everyone's got their, their, their lane and their gig. And Brendan is not, he's not an MMA reporter. You know, let's just be honest. He doesn't report on MMA. He talks about MMA all right and he he, he'll talk about fights and what he thinks is going to you know be interesting coming up and how he thinks something will play out but he doesn't report on fights as you know we say brendan throws in you know real fighting stuff with a you know a comedic back you know drop at times he's like johnny carson man and and he does a great job with it and he's not trying to be mainstream media josh are you trying to be mainstream media I don't think we are.
1: No, I think that's where the mix. I think that's where the mix-up is. Like I said, like Brent Brennan's like late-night talk show. He's like yeah. Jimmy Kimmel. He's uh, you know those guys. I Johnny the guy Carson. That I'm making him really fun. old. The, the, John, yeah, Johnny Carson. That's old. For, that's old. Most of people don't even know what the hell Johnny Carson <laughs> is. and listen to our show, by the way. Okay, um, so. He's that guy. Whereas if you're going to talk about Ariel or any other media, they're CNN and Fox and MSNBC. They're supposed to be delivering the truths and the facts. Okay. We're here to deliver the comedy portion of it all and the fun. Sure. The entertainment of it all, but we're, we're not, we're not media guys. Here's the other thing. And he was correct. No one would sit around and listen to any of them, any of the media, if they didn't have guests on. And the reason why they have guests on is because they're backed by an actual MMA website. So when the MMA website comes to them, comes to the fighters and says, "Hey, can we get you on our show?" That MMA website has a little bit of pull. It's not because of the person that is there doing the doing the interviews. Maybe there's a little bit now because of Ariel being a free a freelance guy, but it, he still works for, it, like he said. Like he works for the man. And I'm not just talking about Ariel. I'm talking about all the other media websites or all the other media journalists. They all most, work for somebody. They work for USA us work for Today. Yeah, most. Some <laughs> of them are independent, but they still use that to sell their product, sell their product to that to that uh, USA Today or to Sure Dog or to MMA Fighting or whatever organization. Bloody Elbow. They sell their product to them. So sure, maybe they might be undefeated, but they what they do is they say, yeah, I'm so-and-so with this website. That's what gets them that's what gets their guest on. That's really what it is. Like John John and I don't have a lot of guests on because I also don't want to reach out to a bunch of fighters and go, "Hey, you know, would you guys want to like you guys interested in coming on?" We've had a ton of fighters reach out to us and be like, yeah. "Hey, you guys, you know, would you like would you guys fit us in or would you like to have us on?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, we would love to." But when it comes down to it, I also don't want to bother I don't want to bother fighters during their camp or we, we film at certain times where it's kind of during their training at night session or we film right after the fights on Saturday. So it's already like they're probably already out or they're sleeping or they're in whatever it is they're doing on a Saturday night. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to bother them. I'm trying to just do our do what we do. And Brennan brought that up is I don't work for the man. I work for myself. No one tells me what my schedule is. I make my own schedule. I grind myself and Joe. Joe does that. He talks about it all the time. He's like, fuck, man. I get up every morning at five or six or whatever. Do my sauna. Do my routine. Do my shows. You know, do whatever it is I want to do. He works for himself. None of those other reporters can say that. They can talk like they do, but they don't. They work for they work for that. They work for that website that is employing them. Yeah, sure. Maybe they're paying them well, but all those guests that come on your show, they come on because you're attached to a you're attached to a website. Do you own that website? Maybe you do I don't know. maybe you own a percentage now. I don't know maybe that was something that they gave you in terms of signing you back on or anybody any other promoter or any other uh journalist. but do you guys own it? Do you own it outright? That's the thing that's what the difference is. John and I own this website John and I own this this uh podcast yeah. ourselves. Yeah. no one owns it. Just the two of us own it. Nobody else does. the same thing with Brennan's shit they're the only people that own it and the same thing with Rogan he owns all of his shit nobody owns a fraction of any of that and so i don't understand what the what the what the what the issue is i don't know why i i saw i think i read the part where where um where he said something about why why do you guys keep biting off of our stuff because you guys are journalists we're some, that's we we read your guys's information to see if you guys have any news to drop that's what we're here for see we talk about the fights because we know what the fuck we're talking about when we're talking about breaking the fight down. We're talking about the rules like with a headbutt the other day. You guys don't know that shit. You guys have well, to go ask other no, no, people. No.
0: But, but hold on. How many times do you see them take what we do on here? Yeah. And then they make a story out of it, typing whatever they want out of what we've said. And it's like, yeah, that's journalism, dude. That's what it comes down to. You know? Yep. And so, but the
1: thing is, is that that's what we, we go to you guys. Cause that's your job. We're supposed to like look and read what you guys say. We don't have to, I could just off the air, <laughs> off the cuff, do what we want to do as well. I mean, it doesn't make a difference. People come to us for our professional opinion and we give it to them. And if they take it, they take it. If they don't, they don't, but it's on our page. We say and do whatever the hell we want. The thing is, is we try to back it up with what we know of the sport from lifetime experiences John's been doing this since UFC 1, working with the UFC, and UFC 2 being a ref, correct? Yep, 2? You got that right, man. I always, I always thought it was 3, but I guess it was 2, huh? You told me it was 2. So, CTE. <laughs> C- 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 and then myself, man. I mean, like I said, the UFC, I got signed with them in UFC 34, 35, and I didn't fight for them until UFC 44. But I've been around this game, this sport, forever. you know, And so I've seen the backdoor dealings at Calusa casinos and the Lamore Casino and other casinos across the country. And like we've been I've been through the ringer, man, and have seen where the sport's been and where it's come from. And John has too. Um, not a lot of these I don't think any of these reporters can say that. No. I haven't seen none of them have been around since the the days of traveling from casino to casino, you know, hoping the fights didn't get broke up. I mean, I remember when the tap out crew was pulling their trailer of clothes, you know, to events. Trailer. Trying to make money. Dude, back they had in their the car. Yeah. The trunk. The trunk. The yeah. trunk at first. Most so, people look, wouldn't
0: even know who the first journalist that actually wrote something about MMA as far as... The, I mean, when UFC 1 happened, there was a couple of sports writers that wrote something. But quickly, everyone wrote off you know the UFC and MMA. But there was one guy long ago that he actually came up with an, uh, a magazine. It was actually a newspaper at the time. But it was a guy named Joel Gold. He was the first. Oh, fi-
1: uh, Tom DeFazio.
0: Fighter.
1: What was it called? Full it contact called f- fighter. Full contact. Full fighter. Full contact right. fighter. In New Tom Jersey, DeFazio right?
0: Tom DeFazio was was his first uh, journalist reporter, and then Loretta Hunt was one that came in. Yeah, it was out of out of New York and New Jersey area. DeFazio was out of New Jersey and stuff. But these are the people that started out. You know, somewhere along ufc 10 11 12 they actually started you know trying to do something but you know i love how you know some of them are they talk about i've been there since the beginning no you have not because i don't recall seeing your face and i was (laughs) there so it's the one thing that i've got that i can sit there and i can call out all the bullshit when people say it is because i was there and you know what if i don't remember seeing you that means you probably weren't there yeah
1: Look, this is not a dig. I'm not trying to dig at any of, the, any of the journalism, okay? Any of the journalists. You guys keep doing what you're doing, all right? That's all it is. I mean, but John and I have witnessed people take exactly, almost word for word, what we've said on our show and use it in their own stories. Are you we've kidding? We've seen it Come multiple on. times. Word and for word. Word for word. We've seen it being used several times. And what Brennan is trying to say is, like, he's been a fighter. He's, you know, he's built his podcast from the ground up. And he doesn't work for anyone. And sure, he's worked for Fox and then he left them, but he still owns his own shows. Then he worked for Showtime. You know, he's still with them, I believe, right now. But he's worked for other companies. But
0: guess what? He still owns all of his own product. How many of the journalists can say that they own any of the shit they do? Well, and, and that's on really- top of that, on top of that, think about it. You know, people can say what they want about Brendan as a fighter. Man, he stepped in there and he did it. And he's got big wins. All right. Big wins. He knocked out Crow Cop. All right. Yeah. Now maybe, you know, the first thing someone's gonna say, well, Krokop wasn't the same. Really? You step in there with him. Let's see. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Look, he he took took some ass whippings. You know, the the fight he had with Travis Brown, you know, hey, that's a hard fight, and that's a hard fight to recover from. But he did that too and stuff. Brendan may not have been the guy that was gonna be champion, but he always went out. He fucking choked out Matt Mitrione. Let's see let's see you go out. And fight against Matt Mitrione. Let me let me watch because as he's knocking you the fuck out, since he's a pretty good athlete even at this age, mm-hmm. all right, and he's got fast hands and everything. Let's see you just go ahead and beat him. I mean, when you're when you're talking about Brendan, you can say what you want about you know his career. He's absolutely right. He's been in the fire. He's been there and done it, and he's all the respect in the world. Uh, he uh. He can say what he wants. That's just the way I look
1: at it. Yeah, I'm going to leave you guys with this. I posted something on my Instagram. It's called, and you guys can go to their At The Real Punk, and I posted it today. You guys can check it out. It kind of goes in terms of where the journalists are at right now. Deep down inside, your wife and your kids, they hate the fact that you guys can't fight because <laughs> you guys can't protect them. That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll leave you guys with that. No. Um. All right, guys. So, hey, make Damn, sure you guys hit the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Deep down inside, hurt. they're judging you. All right, guys. Make sure you guys go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash in. Use the promo code and still pick up one of our shirts there and uh make sure you guys hit that subscribe button on our YouTube as well as on our iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and all the other platforms on our audio platforms. You guys can listen to us in the car when you guys are stuck in traffic or traveling. You know, a lot of people are still traveling right now, especially with the holidays coming up. So, make sure you guys oh. plug us in once the kitties go to sleep because we do a little bit of cussing here and there, so I don't want them listening to that. But make sure you guys listen to us in the car as well through all of our audio platform, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Those are all kind of our uh, biggest platforms here. Stitcher. Stitcher. So make sure you hit the subscribe button there as well as on our YouTube. Go to our, and when you go to our main YouTube channel, there's a link down below for our clips channel. Hit that link there. Hit the subscribe button on our clips. We do a show, which we're going to do right now that goes specifically on there called Wayne Interjections. A fun little eight to 12 minute long show just for the fans that follow us on our clips channel. It's great. It's fun. It's a little bit of like a, a trivia, not trivia. We do have some fun, though, John. It's like, it's it's just real quick. It's real quick You guys are going to want to see this week's. It's our opinion. This week. And boy, Dave sometimes says he has our a new, opinions suck. Dave says he has a new game for us to play on this week's show, and he says it's good. I'll Ooh, be I the wait? judge of that because on that show, I always win, and I'm the boss. It's the only time I can be the boss. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, hopefully you guys enjoy the show. John, take it away, buddy.
0: Everyone, thanks for listening. We will see you.